Welcome to another segment of Birds of a Feather. This is your girl, AJ, the Suburban Princess, who is not panicking, unlike most folks, regarding the Sixers' first loss in their second series versus the Boston Celtics. I am not panicking. Um, yes, it was disappointing to watch them look pretty lifeless and confused and just out of sync. Um, it's more reassuring for the comeback tomorrow night on Thursday because I do feel like Ben and all of them just needed to kind of get their feet wet for this group of guys, being that most of them that they probably were thinking they'd have to go against. Some of them were hurt. Uh, Jason Tatum looking like Rookie of the Year. <laughs> I don't even care about Donovan Mitchell. I personally think Jason Tatum is the Rookie of the Year. He's had a very, very impressive year so far, as well as Ben. And uh, I know Ben's not going to get it because the NBA are haters and technicalities, but um, Ben has amazed us. But yes, Ben does lack the simple skills of pushing out a three or shooting from the perimeter. Yes, he is improving his foul shot a little better, but we'd like to see more range. And I think that's the only reason why some of these fans can come at Ben in such a way and say he's not really rookie and he's not really uh, a full point guard. What people seem to forget is that these kids are young. You know, Ben is just 20, 21 or whatever. And uh, Markel Fultz is only 19, and he's still trying to get out of his own head and transitioning into the NBA mindset, and it's taking a while. We're so used to everybody just getting it as soon as they become a professional, and you have to realize some of these guys have to grow into their position, literally grow into it day by day, game by game. And the Sixers didn't get here with just one player. They got here with a whole team, and in the whole team, it will take for them to get from this level to another level in the finals. And they can't do that unless they get over the roadblocks. And some of these are mostly mental. No, I'm not calling for Brett uh, Brown's head. I personally have learned from the experience with the Eagles and how they got to the Super Bowl that everything is a process with these teams. We just don't have the luxury or the talent in the past to be able to just conjure wins after wins after wins. So now that we're starting to find this culture evolving in the city, it's causing a lot of fans to get batty when things start to get shaky again. It's like we hadn't felt any kind of negativity towards any of the teams pretty much since the Sixers went into the postseason. I, for one, again, I say I'm not panicking because I really don't feel that it really does anything. I mean, listening to sports radio this week, you would think that the Sixers pretty much killed people while they were playing. You know, it was just like the worst thing ever. And everyone wants to start doubting Brett Brown. They want to start doubting every single player. Yes, I, I'm convinced now that Robert Covington is not worthy of his new contract. And most likely he will get traded next year if they can find his replacement. Um, I have no problems with Justin Anderson being a role player. I hope he stays on the team because I like when they brought him in at the end of last season. So I think that he serves a purpose. Um, they have a lot of kinks to work out as a team, and they're going to, it's going to become more exposed the further they go into the playoffs. But I'm proud of them to even get this far, considering that Embiid's been on the team for like seven years, practically. Um, and he's been very real in his press conferences that they sucked and they played like crap, and they did. You know, he wasn't even very aggressive at times. Um, it took a lot to snap him out of it. Um, <clears throat> mask or no mask, Embiid has his limitations as well. But I think that he's probably his own worst critic, as well as Ben is. Um, I don't think Ben is trying to learn a faraway shot, but at this point, I think he's going to have to eat that up because at some point he's not, he's going to have to, he's going to have to shoot that ball instead of looking for somebody to pick up his assist. And, you know, it doesn't take anyone who's been a pro to figure that out. 
Um, ben is very talented, but he's also a, a limiting how big his talent can truly be. Um, tomorrow night's game will definitely prove if the Sixers have learned from anything from the first series that you don't need a team to just run over. You need a team that challenges you to bring out your character. And if if we're as excited as we were before they even got to this round, then we know that they will come back and that as a fan, you have to learn to literally trust the process. I personally am a little bit more nervous about the Phillies now because they're on a little bit of a four-game losing streak, and hopefully tonight, even with Nola only having two run two runs in as support, Zach Eflin finally came back from AAA, and he looked great last night, but they still lost, apparently, an extra innings, two to one, when they were pretty much leading most of the game, just like they're leading right now with Nola, so hopefully Aaron Nola will be able to hold the lead, and they'll be able to put some more runs on the board before the end of the game. So... The two things that most of these Philly teams have lacked in the past is consistency. And when the Eagles finally found their, I guess, their stride, what we realized is that no matter how inconsistent one player is, it is coming down to a team and not to one person. So hopefully that will translate into the Sixers as well as the Phillies run because the Flyers need to start working from their foundation up again. So they kind of got a longer way to go than these current teams. But I'm still standing by the fact that I see the Phillies being in the postseason as well. Even if they make the first round, that's fine. Um, they're a young team, but I think most of them see their errors and they're trying to improve. But the Carlos Santana issue is still out there. Um, reasonable questions out there by callers I've heard on the radio this week about why was he paid that much money when he's been having such a drought in batting average and swinging at nothing. I mean, it's pretty much watching a, a bigger version of Mikhail Franco in his first year. So we'll see. There are a lot of kinks in both these teams, but that doesn't mean that no one has the potential for growth. I, for one, am looking forward to tomorrow night. I think it'll be a very exciting game and then a very exciting comeback. And after I saw the ticket prices for the Wells Fargo for the Saturday night's game at home, I realized I like it better on TV. <laughs> That's my segment for Birds of a Feather. I'll be back with another segment as soon as that weekend wraps. All right. Enjoy. Go Sixers. Welcome to another segment of Birds of a Feather. It's your girl, AJ Suburban Princess, here to commiserate after what seemed like it should have been a comeback win for our young Philadelphia 76ers. Instead, we're looking at the Celtics take a 3-0 run and possibly sweep on Monday night when the Sixers face them again for the final home game unless they decide they want to participate and go back to Boston and win it. We'll see what happens. Um, the youth showed very early um, in this series, but you wanted to believe that maybe just the shock of having to be in a playoff game, maybe some of the guys were in their heads and that's why they didn't play so well the first game or the second second half of the second game. Um, it just is a shame that such a team that had so much promise and so many turnarounds throughout the regular season that even got them in this position is exactly where we have to watch them from the bottom up now, hopefully rebound or just take the L for the rest of the series and end their postseason early. Um, what gets me is the mystique over Ben Simmons and why all of a sudden he was a non-factor in this series. Was he too in his head? Is he stuck in his ways as to how he plays? Was he not willing to take any risks? Uh, scared to hurt the team by shooting threes as much as they get three happy when they get panicky? 
um, was Ursan and Mario, uh, Marco Bellinelli enough? Um, was TJ in there enough in the last game to even bring them to this point where they could have been 3-0? and Should TJ have just been left in the last game in Boston, maybe he would have helped them win it with a layup. Um, I don't know my terms in basketball, but I know one thing. It doesn't take a blind man to figure out that Sixers had so many little opportunities that turned into big big mistakes as the game went on. And tonight was very frustrating as well as the other game because you know they had potential to clean up a lot of those issues had they just controlled the ball. Whether the first half they would take it off, the second half they seem to forget how to play, or maybe the Celtics just figure them out quicker and they can never um, rebound. So, and speaking of rebounds, rebounds were not a plenty. Um, I think half the reasons why Celtics jumped in when there was a gap was because the Sixers didn't rebound. Joel wasn't under the basket as much, and uh, J.J. couldn't get his threes off that really mattered. Um, now, mind you, J.J., shout out to him. He's been quite a trooper, and he should be because he's a vet in the NBA, so he should know where his shot is going to land. Um, I could have sworn I thought that Marco Bellinelli shot before they went to overtime tonight was going to actually seal the game. Um, but it turned out that overtime was was not what the Sixers needed. It just gave Boston more time to figure them out and the Sixers to foul at weird opportunities. It comes down to Brett Brown. Um, I think this is why everybody earlier in the season was conflicted with him, saying that he didn't seem to know when to plug certain players in throughout regular season, and now it seems like he's doing the same thing in the playoffs, whereas at this point, you figure even by Game 3, you should at least let Fultz get off the bench and see what he can do, Um, because Ben was having brain farts. He wasn't seeming aggressive, and the fact that he missed a big, huge dunk when no one was around him tonight was just so unlike him. So, obviously, his confidence has taken a dip, as much as he probably will never admit that, because no player will ever say that to the camera. You know, I I second-guess myself too much. I suck. You know, there's no need to be dramatic, but for him to be wanting, for fans wanting to name him Rookie of the Year... All these arguments now are starting to look a little shady considering that throughout the season he got away with a lot of stuff because he could pass well, and that is pretty much one of the reasons that Philly got him in the first place. He could help with assists. Well, sometimes in these types of situations, especially in the first playoffs these guys have played in in forever, um, it would really help that sometimes Ben would kind of step up and try to take a shot. His layups were even weak tonight, and (laughs) even though this series has been very dominating by the Celtics, they're still not, to me, that good of a team to beat the Sixers the way they've been doing. Um, They're just basically profiting off of everything the Sixers missed. Every ball that was tossed, you know, in the wrong way, or every turnover, or every non-look that messed up a series or a ball movement, this is exactly why the Celtics capitalized, and that is a sign of a good team. When you don't capitalize on your mistakes, um, or at least try to clean your mistakes up, then you're not really in the game. Mentally, I should say. Physically, the Sixers, to me, looked a little better. But the problem is, wherever they lost momentum, uh, the Celtics kind of sucked the energy out of the room. So, And, of course, you know, the controversial, why did they shoot confetti at the weirdest time? I think that was just a a gut reaction. I don't think anyone thought this game was going to go into overtime. I don't think anyone thought it was going to be that close. Um, I was hoping at least they could pull away by, like, five points and maybe win it. I still had faith literally up until that last second of overtime and then, you know, you can't inbound correctly or you don't throw the ball in where you need to throw it in and suddenly Ben seemed like he was more timid than ever. And again, this is because he's a rookie and in, in all the sense of a rookie and that he's playing unsure. 
um, when they don't have a rhythm, they don't seem to trust each other. And then even Joel and JJ had moments where Ben did kind of mess them up because he was neither ready or turned around or did not receive the layup. So what are you going to do? I mean, a young boy like Ben, who seems like he's very rock solid in his poise and how he conducts himself, it just was a little frightening to see this young novice side come out of him, especially because you expected him to kind of just try different things because it wasn't working for him last game and just nothing. Everybody stuck to their roles and in a way that was good and in many ways at the end of the game it was bad. So all in all I'd say that just the youth showed. Um, even Ilyasova couldn't, you know, get him out of everything and the fact that they even put Robert Covington back in the game was pointless because even though his defense was great the second game, um, I really don't think there was a need for him by that point in the, in the third or fourth quarter. Um, he definitely can't defend uh, Al Horford for whatever reason. And I think that Brett, Brett found the, some of the matchups that he put as far as how the Sixers ended up defending is really what lost the game because there's no reason why certain people needed to be guarding other people when you know they're going to get blown right by. So a lot of the Celtics took advantage of it and hence why they're here in Philly with three and zero in their favor. Now, mind you, the Sixers have to win the next four, but I don't see that happening simply because if Brett's not willing to put put Fultz in and rotate uh, rotate uh, players, then there's never going to be any different results. So, and this is where it comes down to, you know, going back to the Andy Reid days in the NFL where he would just stick to the people because he didn't want to give in to pressure. But if those are the same matchups that are making you lose the team, making you lose the games, it's time for you to switch it up. It has nothing to do with even listening to us fans because we're fickle. I mean, we went from nominating Brett Brown as coach of the year two months ago to now he's got to go. He doesn't know how to manage a game, blah, 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 blah. I personally was just disappointed with Ben because I really thought that he would kind of just switch up. You know, you just figure I'm going to try something different because I have nothing else to go on right now. I don't know what's going on with my legs. I can't figure out where I'm at. So I'm just going to try to huck a three, whatever. Or I'm just going to try to dunk it another way or pass it to someone and then pass it myself back and then dunk it. I don't know. He didn't try anything. And whatever advice AI gave him recently, it still probably must not have translated because Ben didn't look any different. And Joel Embiid, I think, was trying. Um, um, but I do think there are times that he even gets timid or he gets just, eh, it's probably mostly fatigue. I mean, let's be honest, he's... If he wasn't recovering from one injury after the other, he probably was neglecting a lot of full-on workouts because his body was too worn out. Um, I think maybe he needed to be on the bike in between moments where he wasn't in the game or something, or maybe he should have been on the bike at halftime. I don't know, but something he needed to generate his energy because that's where he starts getting sloppy and throwing the ball everywhere. So, yes, it was disappointing, but the positive side is that technically the series is not over, but again... Four games in a row, knowing the way they're playing now is not very encouraging. But if there's a miracle in anything left in this game and the, and the Sixers care enough about how they want to go out, um, they will switch stuff up, especially Brett Brown, because he will only redeem his status as a good coach if he decides to switch it up. And not maybe use that switch up the whole game, but just at least try to do it when he notices the team is starting to lag. That way you could switch the energy and then those same people can go into the end of the game when they pretty much hopefully have it in the bag. That's all I got. I don't know what else to say. I'm just kind of shocked and disappointed, which I'm sure most people are. But again, this is how games sometimes play and this is playoffs now. So even though you may have a good game, 
you still got to know to play the right game when the moment comes. It doesn't matter what your past record was. It doesn't matter what stats, you know, Ben Simmons has broken all regular season. He's not doing anything now. So therefore, Donovan Mitchell has a leg up on him on the sense that if he was a true rookie, he would be a true point guard rookie in the sense that he would be able to shoot as well as dunk. So this is where he's not well-rounded comes out. I personally believe in Ben, but I just don't believe that he's had enough experience to really just run through this this first round, I mean second round, um, without some flaws showing. So everyone pretty much got exposed tonight, and I think the fans were shocked, and I still am, but I'm also just more disappointed in Brett Brown because I felt like he should have just used desperate measures and, and put Fultz in or took Ben out and used Fultz and TJ. I don't know, but they, he needed something to inject in there when they still had time to seal it and he just ended up being a bystander just like everybody else in the audience so you can't win games like that but nevertheless flip side is the Phillies won today they're in a four game stretch with the Nationals so it'll be a good look if the Phillies actually swept or split their series so they can get back on track but again they're still early it's only May and Phillies have a lot of games to do to make up for any gaps that they have right now I think they're still only a game and a half out of the NL East so They have lots of potential, so time to get on the Phillies train and be bold. But in the meantime, Philly Unite. Um, I didn't see Kevin Hart in the audience. They didn't show him, so he could not officially be a jinx if he wasn't in the audience. And they lost today. So there you have that. So hopefully that is killed on the Twitter mill. Um, Other than that, I will be back with a segment after we discuss what the Sixers can possibly do if they choose to lose Monday night or if this LeBron, uh, Kawhi, or Paul George argument has some water now that it looks like the, the Sixers have shown that they do need some support in some form or fashion. Thanks for listening to this segment of Birds of a Feather. This is AJ Suburban Radio. Oh, here I go, Suburban Radio. Suburban Radio, Suburban Princess. Wow. Have a good night, you guys. Thanks for listening. Well, how you like them apples, Sixers fans? Welcome to another segment of Birds of a Feather. It's your girl, AJ, the Suburban Princess. Happy and not exactly shocked that the Sixers came through tonight and won this game. I think they knew that they had a big L all over the whole series from the beginning it started in, um, from the beginning when it started in Boston. And now I think they realized after being embarrassed on their home floor on Saturday, there was no way they were going to go out twice. So I'm glad they fought back. Big props to TJ, who basically made a fool out of Burt Brown for not putting him in earlier in the season if it wasn't going to be, or earlier in the series, I should say, if it wasn't going to be him or Fultz. Coach Brown knew he could not go with this same roster setup for the whole series, considering how lazy everybody looked on Saturday night. And this whole series has been a challenge, but this is what the Sixers needed. They needed tons of adversity to see how much character they've grown into since they had a pretty much successful season this year being over 50 wins. So I'm very glad to hear that they won this game and I'm very glad I'm tuned into the last quarter because to me that's really when the truth comes out because they can play hot all first half and then totally fizzle and be burnt out by the fourth. But being that I saw enough on Twitter that Boston was running into foul trouble left and right meant the refs decided, nah, I don't think we're going to let you win this game this time. We want to see you go back to Boston. So now that they're going back to Boston, I hope that they put those guys that played 
uh, a week ago way back in the back of their heads because they need to come with this fire that they came with tonight and play in Boston like their heads are on fire. They need to play like they don't want to go home. I don't want them to go and lose just because now they felt like they've done all they could for this one game. I want them to have the same fire, if not possessed attitude that TJ had and just replicate that through all the guys on the on the floor, Ben included. I want Ben to try to hit all his foul shots like he did tonight. And I want him to, um, I don't know, take a gander and just try, try a jumper. Just try it. The worst that can happen is you miss it or you get an air ball, whatever. I think it's time for Ben to get uncomfortable. And I think it's time for this team to get uncomfortable if they want to win this series in seven. Because look like it's going to seven. Um, will I be shocked if they lose in Boston again? No, I won't. I mean, because at this point, they're earning our respect back little by little because they have to literally take it one game at a time. And that's what a team does. That's what playoffs are about. And this is how you know the guys that you go through this uh, battleground that is called a season, um, what it really means to you in the postseason. And I'm very proud to see the Sixers have everybody's back again as far as not worrying about the criticism that we all lamented for the past couple days especially on sports radio just made me want to kill myself but I hope that they keep this attitude going back to Boston and I hope coach Brown learns that it doesn't it doesn't hurt to try it doesn't hurt to put people in I mean he shouldn't adopt I know he's a old school coach but that Andy Reidism of never listening and never trying something different it sucks try something different in life it scares you it'll work And the lesson to this story is there will be a game five. Thanks for listening and talk to you guys soon. Well, how you like them apples, Sixers fans? Welcome to another segment of Birds of a Feather. It's your girl, AJ, the Suburban Princess. Happy and not exactly shocked that the Sixers came through tonight and won this game. I think they knew that they had a big L all over the whole series from the beginning it started in um from the beginning when it started in Boston and now I think they realized after being embarrassed on their home floor on Saturday there was no way they were going to go out twice. So I'm glad they fought back. Big props to TJ who basically made a fool out of Burt Brown for not putting him in earlier in the season if it wasn't going to be or early in the series, I should say, if it wasn't going to be him or Fultz, Coach Brown knew he could not go with this same roster set up for the whole series, considering how lazy everybody looked on Saturday night. And this whole series has been a challenge, but this is what the Sixers needed. They needed tons of adversity to see how much character they've grown into since they had a pretty much successful season this year, being over 50 wins. So I'm very glad to hear that they won this game, and I'm very glad I, I'm tuned into the last quarter because to me that's really when the truth comes out because they can play hot all first half and then totally fizzle and be burnt out by the fourth. But being that I saw enough on Twitter that Boston was running into foul trouble left and right meant the refs decided, nah, I don't think we're going to let you win this game this time. We want to see you go back to Boston. So now that they're going back to Boston, I hope that they put those guys that played uh, a week ago, way back in the back of their heads because they need to come with this fire that they came with tonight and play in Boston like their heads are on fire. They need to play like they don't want to go home. I don't want them to go and lose just because now they felt like they've done all they could for this one game. I want them to have the same fire, if not possessed attitude that TJ had and just replicate that through all the guys on the on the floor, Ben included. I want Ben to try to hit all his foul shots like he did tonight. And I want him to, um, I don't know, take a gander and just try, try a jumper. Just try it. The worst that can happen is you miss it or you get an air ball, 
whatever. I think it's time for Ben to get uncomfortable. And I think it's time for this team to get uncomfortable if they want to win this series in seven. Because look like it's going to seven. Um, will I be shocked if they lose in Boston again? No, I won't. I mean, because at this point, they're earning our respect back little by little because they have to literally take it one game at a time. And that's what a team does. That's what playoffs are about. And this is how you know the guys that you go through this uh, battleground that is called a season, um, what it really means to you in the postseason. And I'm very proud to see the Sixers have everybody's back again, as far as not worrying about the criticism that we all lamented for the past couple of days, especially on sports radio, just made me want to kill myself. But I hope that they keep this attitude going back to Boston. And I hope Coach Brown learns that it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to try. It doesn't hurt to put people in. I mean, he shouldn't adopt. I know he's an old school coach, but that Andy Reedism of never listening and never trying something different, it sucks. Try something different in life. It scares you. It'll work. And the lesson to this story is there will be a game five. Thanks for listening and talk to you guys soon.